This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by BetterGetHelp.com. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterGetHelp Online Counseling can help. They offer licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, rage, seething hatred, family conflicts, hallucinations, LGBTQ matters, grief, homicidal psychopathy, and more. You're going to get help on your own time and at your own pace. And anything that you share is absolutely confidential. And if for some reason you're not happy with your counselor or if you end up killing your whole family, you can request a new counselor at any time at no additional charge. Best of all, it's truly affordable. For our listeners who use the special code HMT at checkout, you'll receive a free axe sharpener mailed to you when you sign up. So get started today. That's BetterGetHelp.com. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert on scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. And, and we have a special... Special, special, special guest today, our friend Aaron Hansen. Our friend Aaron. How are you doing, Aaron? Doing good. Thanks for having me. How dare you? <laughs> Bryce knows I have a new toy, and he and he and he's being the 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 child that we all know he is, and denying me use of it. He's not going to allow me to do my 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 sound effects. Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of clips today because David has has his computer set up now. Oh for, for no! Sound drops. Oh, we're at risk of too much entertainment. <laughs> oh no! Watch out! It's the fun patrol. Okay, so. Uh, We've got a great episode today. I'm super excited about this one. Before we get into it, let's talk about our website. It's at horrormovietalk.com. Please go there and you'll find past episodes and posts and blog posts about horror movie topics and also links to our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok YouTube, YouTube, LinkedIn. Just search for Horror Movie Talk. Or Horror Movie Talk Podcast, and you'll find us there. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe and leave a rating on iTunes. We're trying to get up to 200 ASAP, and we're at, you know, 48 right now. So if you leave a rating, it, it is a big impact on our visibility. So what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about... The Shining. I've been so I've been so like excited for and dreading this episode because Bryce Bryce is not a a Kubrick fan and uh, I don't know I just I'm just worried I'm just worried about how this will go. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, we'll start out giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten. One being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry. Five being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and ten being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive in what uh, into what we liked and hated about the film. Um, you know, it's The Shining, so if you're if you're worried about spoilers, 
Yeah, I mean, you, know, you really should. Why are you listening to the show? You should have watched it by now. Right. It's well, been 40 years. Uh, <clears throat> what, <I> mean, kind <laughs> of, what kind of pathetic person hey. hasn't seen The Shining yet? I mean, well, I mean, no one in this room. Right. Yeah. We've all seen The Shining. Yeah. 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 Later, we'll be doing a couple special, special bits. I'm really excited about this one. We're going to do, uh, it came from social media, where we'll read a couple comments from our social media feeds and people reaching out to us. And then, yes, it returns. Horror or porno. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! The last time we played this, Aaron was also a special guest on the show. That was I for the like Ready or Not show. You've done this on purpose. There's one of two things happening. Either, either, uh, I mean, either the porno is following Aaron around or she's bringing it here with her. <laughs> This is the this is the only <laughs> that is not the case. <clears throat> this is just basically the only thing that gets us in the mood anymore is if oh, we geez. do horror movie uh, yeah. horror or porno yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. You so gotta listen to those It's really necessary for our relationship at this point. Those screams and suffering and then you're just like, Oh it's time to go. Um so if you've never listened to horror or porno the the game before, buckle up. And we, we definitely earn our uh, not safe for work. Yeah. Connotation. Yeah. This is a great game. I'm very excited now. You just do it when I'm on so that, you know, I can't recommend it to any of my friends. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. You can still recommend. <laughs> yeah. See, that's one of the problems with me sharing the podcast with my network on Facebook, because it's all just chock full of Mormons. It's like, <laughs> well, I mean, I've got like look, that 500 should... friends that are Mormon and like you three say, that are not. You say that like it's a problem, but Utah has the biggest porn <laughs> porn uh, usage per of any state in all of the United States. Is that true? That is 100% true, according to Pornhub statistics. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we watched The Shining and... Eh, it's pretty good. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, what? Really? Here's the trailer. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970? Well, a man named Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. And he came up here with his wife and two little girls, I think about eight and ten. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point... During the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. You can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. Just... Can you? How could you? 
The Shining is available to rent on most streaming platforms, but if you're a horror movie fan, you should probably have this on DVD lying around anyways. It's The Shining, right? Yeah. Um, So let's give a synopsis. (laughs) (laughs) The Shining is a tale of an aspiring writer, Jack Torrance, played by Jack Nicholson, taking his wife, Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. (laughs) And... uh, Thanks, Shelley. Uh, she's a special guest today. And uh, his son, Danny, played by some kid named Danny. And he takes them to the Overlook Hotel. Some kid named Danny. <laughs> it lies secluded deep within the heavily forested mountains of Colorado. He's hired to be the caretaker of the Overlook in the winter off-season. While there, he intends to write the next great American novel, whose protagonist is worn down by the pressures of capitalism and the lack of leisure time. Meanwhile, Danny Torrance is tutored by a magical Negro about Danny's ability to see into the future and read minds. Also, the hotel is haunted and Jack goes crazy. Do you really not know what the plot of The Shining is? It's The Shining. It is. That is that's true. I'm just a little taken aback by your usage of of um, the word uh, The Shining. I guess. <laughs> No, that's a trope. The magical Negro. You never heard of that before? No. Yeah, you need to defend yourself immediately. Well, yeah, like the legend of Bagger Vance, like where it's, or Driving Miss Daisy, where, you know, white people are, you know, have all these problems and their life is out of order. And then some uh, super folksy uh, African-American person enters their life and solves all their problems and teaches them how to love again or something like that. Oh, so it's a trope. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. But also, he is magical and he is a Negro. So. Mm. It, that is... <laughs> yeah, it's the most direct representation of that trope there could possibly be. I, I'm i sad that the, the joke fell flat of the, of the novel. I'm going to be honest. Whose protagonist is worn down by the pressures of capitalism and the lack of leisure time. <laughs> the lack of... Le- <laughs> well, I mean... Oh, man, I love this movie so much. Uh, uh, there's so many different things about this movie that... All right, calm down. Okay, here, <laughs> here we go. I appreciate this movie. Appreciate it is one of the. It is one of Kubrick's masterpieces. It's visually stunning and meticulously crafted. It's undeniably a great and important movie. I just don't like it. I appreciate this movie. <laughs> it's slow. The characters are empty shells of people that lack most semblance of humanity and motivation other than A, to be scared, or B, to be menacing. And to be frank, I couldn't figure out what was going on or why most of the time. The book was better. Come at me, horror fans. I don't like your precious shiny! Oh, wow. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, the the real lesson to learn in this show is it's okay to be wrong, you know, <laughs> which is, which is to say that everybody's taste is very different. And, and when sometimes we get people who are very angry at us and yes. you come at us about very strange things that are like, they're like, <sighs> what <laughs> What was it? What was the guy who, the who guy really was... liked the Curse of La Llorona but hated, like, terrified? Yeah. He was like, terrified is an objectively terrible movie, <laughs> but 
the curse of La Llorona, though. Wow. Well, Every was, itch on my body was scratched. I was he like, was, okay, you fucking lunatic. He was he was really concerned for people that would listen to our show <laughs> and take our advice and not see the curse of La Llorona. That he, he thought like we were leading people away from really great horror right. movies, which is fair. He's got a different taste than us. Yeah. He's like, like you. He's just like you. You know, I liked w- watching <laughs> like Siskel and Ebert back yeah. in the day, and I always disagreed with them. Always disagreed with both of them? Like, a lot of the time. I, I would usually disagree with critics yeah. when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't feel bad about it, but I when it gets to vitriol, when they're like, these guys are fucking <laughs> idiots. How dare they oh, not like just, Curse of La Llorona? That's just so telling of them, you know? I mean, it's it's just a taste thing. Yeah, it's just a taste thing. So anyways, The Shining is terrible. Um, <laughs> Holy shit, wait. <laughs> what did you give it? Oh, yeah, we got to give the score. I give it an 8 out of 10. Fight me. Um, that's that not terrible. Yeah, that doesn't sound terrible. like someone. No, who I mean hates it's it. it's a it's a good movie. It's you know, it's a classic. It's visually stunning. It's amazing to watch in terms of filmmaking and craft, but storytelling leaves much to be desired. See, in my opinion. See, so uh, this movie, uh, I feel like this movie's v- v- responsible for my taste. In, in horror. Yeah, it's hugely influential, too. And and I watched it when I was very young. Uh, it may have been one of the first... It may have been the first horror movie I ever saw. And, um, and, and there was so much about it that was mysterious and vague. And... And that in and of itself is, was creepy to me, and not only creepy, but like titillating. Like it made me, it, it made me think about it all the. T- you know, it made me like, oh, what, what was that? What, what was that? What was that? And so you go back to the movie hoping that you'd you get something more from it, and but and you and each time you would, but it would still be mysterious and and clinical and cold and weird and it's just it's what i love now you know it's almost like it it recreates that feeling of when you're a kid and you're seeing something that's inappropriate and you just cannot process it or right. understand it exactly even as an adult it's exactly you, that <laughs> you watch it and you're like i don't understand what's going on yeah yeah that's it's just this it's just this vague wash of like <laughs> terror and unease and just like whoa hey wait wait a minute what the fuck was that like and then it really builds into a and the music killed me as a kid like it was like all those strings and all and just so much intensity with the heartbeat and like yeah so what do you give it oh this is a the the most solid 10 i've ever Mm -hmm. given aaron um well Let's preface this. Have, have, is this this is the first time you've seen? Uh, yeah, the we we just yeah, watched two, it like, three days ago. Yeah, three days ago. I had never seen it. Before. I mean, I've, I've seen clips sure, and parodies, and um, but I've never seen it start to finish. But yeah, it was. I mean, I can see why it's beloved by so many people, and at the same time. I there were a couple moments <laughs> story wise that I kind of shook my head and 
It's like, well, that was abrupt. And there was no really lead in to it other than foreshadowing like an hour previous. But I don't know. It's I'd say filmmaking wise brings it up a notch for me. Just the mastery of it. So I'd probably say nine out of ten, nine being the reflection of like there. I feel like (laughs) there should be a, a clear like story (laughs) <laughs> that if that that you should at least under even if you don't understand what's happening you should understand the character's motivations for what's happening mm-hmm. or you understand their motivations but you don't understand what's happening and i don't think either one of those things occurred yeah and i we should we should also mention that um for those of you who aren't uh, who haven't listened to Aaron she's been on a few episodes i think she, you were on hereditary and then also ready or not yeah hereditary was just like a special interview she she wasn't in on the regular podcast most of it and Aaron is of course Bryce's wife and she is not a Big horror fan. Nope. (laughs) So she, I, it's like pulling teeth getting her to watch a horror movie. So the, the context of getting her to watch The Shining was that she saw a trailer starring the dreamy Ewan McGregor. (sighs) And she was like, well, I got to see Dr. Sleep. So, um, I want to see that, which is on, on the face, just completely shocking to me. I had to like, I had to just drag her to see Interview with a Vampire. Like, that is the level of discomfort. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't that movie released in 1994? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, um, I was like... I was a kid. She just really likes... She really dislikes wait, horror movies. you took... Aaron, wait, you took Aaron to see Interview no, with a Vampire? Make her, no, make her watch it. Oh, okay, not, okay. Not, you, not said, you said drag her, too. So I was like, what? Right. Have you guys Drag been her to the living room. Boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> forever? No. <laughs> um... What was the so anyways the the context was she wanted to see Doctor Sleep and she felt like she needed to see the shining to understand it, which you don't, but I definitely jumped at the opportunity to get her to watch the shining so she could be on the episode today. Yeah, in terms of in terms of um just being scared uh or or feeling feeling worried and that kind of thing, uh as someone who's not really a, a horror movie fan, how how did the shining hit you? Um, well, I think I was kind of ruined by, you know, 39 years of parody and, <laughs> yeah. and like clips, yeah. but, um, I mean, the most shocking part is when Jack is like full psychopath mode yeah. and that's like the only thing you see from the movie. I don't know. The movie is so disconcerting to me. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know. There's something so strange about a little kid riding around in a big empty hotel and then he like stops and then the blood gets off the elevator and you're like what the fuck was that no that was it was definitely disturbing and um i think it was more instead of frightening it was more just disturbing and uneasiness and then and then um seeing the I won't say a descent into madness because it was a hard left into (laughs) madness (laughs) but the uh I mean, just seeing, like, the setup for it, and then the super weird sex scene with the dead person, and, or almost sex scene, I should say, mm-hmm. and then, I don't know, it just seemed like... Make out. It, <laughs> and then, <laughs> we'll talk about it later, yeah, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't frightening. Yeah, I mean, she she did really well. Yeah, it's not a movie that a non-horror movie person 
would hate because it's it's pretty well here's the it's thing. pretty tame compared to hereditary you know, here's the thing though aaron, aaron has always done well yeah in my experience with hereditary no but. she's she's great it's it's just she just does not like the feeling of being scared it's or just, does you, not like the feeling of of dread yeah like she does right. not like living there yeah okay. and that's just my entire life so yeah <laughs> It's like going, it's like wrapping myself in a warm blanket. A warm embrace, yeah. All right, so let's uh, do mid-roll real quick. Um, if you want to support the show, and we, we hope you do, we go through great time and expense to try to bring you a good product. We have a Patreon account. It's where you can support us most directly. Any amount you pledge goes right back into the podcast to make it a better show for you. Uh, we have several tiers that allow you access to exclusive bonus content, including early access to episodes as soon as we edit them, which which is like two two or three days earlier. Yeah, so like this, so like this last this last week for Doctor Sleep, I I got it out day we recorded, so yeah. Saturday of, ahead of time. Yeah, um, as well as entire an entirely separate podcast called the After Pod. That's only oops, sorry. I'm waving around, gesticulating and knocking mics over. Um, the Afterpod is just a separate podcast where we leave the mics running and talk about behind-the-scenes info and what's going on in our lives at Horror Movie Talk. Another way you can support the podcast is if you ever... Do you ever shop on Amazon.com? Have you heard of this website called Amazon.com? I got five things coming to me today. They've got <laughs> everything. We we know you're going to shop at Amazon anyway. So if you go to our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com, and you click on the green button in the header of our website that says Shop on Amazon, a portion of any of your Amazon purchase or, you know, rental, anything you spend on Amazon will go to Horror Movie Talk. And it's not minute. It's enough to make it worth your while to do it for yeah. us. So please, please do that. Don't believe that it's a small little half a cent sort of thing. It's not. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to buy or rent a horror movie after listening to the pod, click through the button in the banner. Shutter.com is a streaming service for horror aficionados and our listeners get a special deal. If you use code HMT at checkout, you'll get a 30 day free trial instead of the standard shitty God awful seven day free trial. If you you get that seven day free trial, you are a moron. Yeah. What do you think about the seven day free trial? It's, uh, it's dumb. Yeah. Oh, stupid. Right. Right. Well, we have I mean, a little bit more ire than that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's bad. Okay, good. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Aaron. So you see why we don't have her on the podcast so much? Jesus Christ. Also, check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble. He He's a professional artist who fucks hard. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> David wrote this copy. I altered it a little. Please follow him on Instagram at D. Gobel zero zero D G O E B E L zero zero to see some of his fabulous work. If you're a horror fan, you won't be disappointed. He also takes commissions for artwork from horror movie talk fans or from anyone. If you reach out, you can reach out to him at D Gobel zero zero on Instagram and uh, make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. Yeah, you can also check out his website, DustinGobel.com. Yes. And you know what? He's got some great taste. He was giving me some uh, some advice on what on, on things I need to watch, like cinematically. Uh, the other day I was talking to him, and um, and he said, you absolutely need to... W-. Here's here's the, things, the two things he gave me. He was like, you absolutely need to watch The Raid 2, which I think is a Thai mm-hmm. movie... 
or maybe um, is that a horror movie? I thought that's an it is, action. Movie. It is not a horror movie. It is an action movie. He's like you, we were talking about Commando, and I was like, ah, action movies, and he's like, yeah, but. The Raid 2. Yeah, th- this is the best action movie you'll ever see. The camera work's amazing, so I gotta watch that. And then, um, and then also Berserk, the um, the the anime series from the '90s, I believe, cool. uh, which was a manga thing. Anyway, so check out Dustin. He's got some great stuff. Let yeah. Me, let me adjust this thing here real quick. So he does a for each of the posts for the last like month and a half ish. Yeah. He's. He's uh, created a custom artwork for it, and they're all awesome. I especially like the lighthouse one where he has bird <laughs> does the characters with uh, seagull shit on them. And what was the other really funny one that he did? The pumpkin head one with the yeah earbuds? pumpkin head one was with earbud was that that was great. It was better than that movie deserved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. So thanks again for listening, and let's get into spoilers. First of all, we just watched Dr. Sleep 2. So that's the context of this whole thing is that Dr. Sleep was coming out. We wanted to do Shining before it. We usually do, you know, the source material, like the original movie if there's a remake coming out or the original if there's a sequel coming out. And we lucked out and there was a week advanced screening for Dr. Sleep. So now we're doing The Shining. Yeah. Not that you care about any of this information, but that's what it is. So let's talk about first... The I guess only I will be able to talk about this, but the the movie versus the book okay. for The Shining, yeah, and we can even talk about the book versus the movie Doctor Sleep because there's a lot of crossover that's interesting for people that are going to Doctor Sleep this week or yeah next week or whatever. So the main difference is in. I think the, the Shining is like Stephen King's best-selling work. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's the one thing that got one. him. No, I guess the Carrie probably got him the most attention. I think that was the first, like, really big one. Yeah, and then maybe, the yeah, maybe. But I think the Shining is his number one book. Yeah, ever. And I'll tell you, after I, I watched the movie, you know, I didn't. I watched the movie as the first time as an adult, so I was in my twenties at least, and. I was kind of underwhelmed or just like I it's one of those things where you get told something so important over and over again that when you watch it, it can never live up to it. But mostly I was confused. Yeah. And that's like the taste it left in my mouth. And then I listened to the audiobook of The Shining and it filled in all of the gaps. I was like, oh, yeah, it made me see the movie in a different light. And I started understanding right. that Stanley Kubrick was telling trying, his very own story. He was telling his very own story, but also telling it in like the vibe of it. Yeah, <laughs> like the he's telling the story of seclusion and claustrophobia and insanity with vibe with with vibe and visuals, but none of like the establishing story. Yeah. It's the same reason why I could never understand. I still don't understand what the end of 2001 is supposed to mean. I fucking love 2001. um, It's just, he's a visual 
artist, yeah. but he doesn't necessarily tie it to a story or like conveying information other than look at how cool this looks. Look and listen. Like it's all look and listen stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So watching The Shining and listen, listening to you describe like how the book fills in gaps, um, like reminded me of reading 2001 A Space Odyssey, I think it was in seventh grade. And then watching the movie after, like we read it in our science class, and you read the shine, the shining. No, two thousand one. Two thousand one. I apologize. And uh, what? And still what? Well, it was okay. The teacher, like, I walk in on parent orientation night, and you know the whatever orientation night, and he's got like um, various versions of the Enterprise models hanging from the ceiling, oh, and all... Star Trek: The Next Generation is playing because it's six o'clock. And it's on the TV. So anyway, so... This is all coming into focus. Yeah. Yeah. So we read 2001, and then we watched the movie. And even, like, at that time when we were discussing the book, he talked about how Kubrick was not necessarily making an adaptation. He was making a companion to the book. So um, I kind of feel like maybe that's what he was, like, maybe doing... Maybe he was making a companion to The Shining, the book, but also... I guess he changed it a lot yeah. to make it his own. Yeah, there's definitely... It's, so I, I think probably one of the best people to explain this is Stephen King himself. I have a clip of Stephen King. I don't know if you know this or not, but Stephen King hates this movie. Like, he absolutely hates Kubrick's version of The Shining. Which blows me away because this is because it's widely regarded to be maybe, maybe one of the best horror films ever made, ever. Right. And he's, you know, he's fair, but all of these points that Stephen King makes about Kubrick shining are all completely valid to me. Like it totally, it, oh, I'm sure they're valid, but explains why, um, I prefer the book over, over the movie. Anyways, here's, here's Stephen King talking about his take on the shining, the movie in the novel, the shining, uh, Jack Torrance is a difficult character, but he's fundamentally a, a sympathetic character. And I always visualized him as a piece of metal that's bent first one way and the other by these malignant spirits who basically want his son because his son is a psychically powerful person. So I saw these all as warm characters, characters that were being threatened by forces from without, from ghosts, from real supernatural creatures. And the film is extremely cold. Stanley Kubrick saw the haunting as coming from Jack Torrance, from the Jack Nicholson character, whereas I always saw it from outside. So we had a fundamental difference of opinion about it. I always thought that the real difference between my take on it and Stanley Kubrick's take on it was this. In my novel, The Hotel Burns. In Kubrick's movie, The Hotel Freezes. It's a difference between warmth and cold. But... The images are striking. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Jack Nicholson's face in the doorway, his bearded, crazy, grinning face. He says, here's Johnny, which was his ad lib, and it became, you know, part of the movie. So the images are striking. But to me, that's surface. It's not substance. So I used to describe The Shining, the film, as something like a beautiful car that had no engine in it. This this is so like this is so perfect to me. Like the I love that st- I love 
Mm-hmm. I love everything Stephen King says. I hate everything he writes, typically. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, the, the dude, like I've said it before, dude's like an, uh, an amazing powerhouse of a writer. He's a great storyteller. Yeah, he's is the thing. He's like, a great storyteller. It's interesting to me that still he can't see this as art inspired by art. Like, he's so wrapped up in his own art that he, like, that he's... That he's mad about the story being told in someone else's art that was inspired by his. Yeah, I mean, yes, but it has the only problem is it has the name The Shining. It's one of the most important books for him personally, Mm -hmm. probably because not just because it's one of the best selling, but also. It's a pretty personal tale about alcoholism yeah. and being a writer and, and basically being on the edge of insanity because of, you know, disease and outside, you know, forces, supposedly. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would even go as far as Stephen King said that the ending was the differences than the book, The Hotel Burns. And I'd say instead of The Hotel Freezes and Stanley Kubrick's, it's it's... Jack freezes yeah. like that. It really is shows the focus of where the story is because in the book it's it's the hotel itself has power and it's trying to consume the family very literally. Right. And in the movie, it's all about Jack Torrance and the his inner demons. And then in the end, it's just it shows him him dying. And in the book, it's the hotel dying. So it's it's kind of interesting that way yeah um i mean it's you can't deny that this movie is very cold oh yeah (laughs) absolutely not 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 just literally but emotionally it's very cold and detached yeah absolutely and but i mean you know and it's but it's you know i'm a i'm an adult child of, of an alcoholic and 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 I experienced alcoholism as a child, mm-hmm. and I know that everybody, you know, and I've talked to many kids or people who have also gone through that, and everyone's experience is so similar, but also so different, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all, and I mean, maybe that's just, uh, you know, maybe it just speaks to, uh, maybe Kubrick's experience with alcoholism was very different than King's. I'm yeah. sh- Actually, I'm sure it was, <laughs> because because they're very different people. Yeah. But, I mean, it was even the, the alcoholism is a much bigger part in the book. Like it's a a main story point that um, it's a source for the reason for why he is yeah. watching the Overlook Hotel because he got fired from his teaching job oh, for like lashing the, out at a student. There is less alcohol in the movie yeah. than than well, and it also explains it in the in the book. There's no alcohol. Like he's not consuming alcohol but he's acting like right he is because the hotel is basically getting him drunk right <laughs> off of its off of its power um so a couple things to to talk about um it, people that are interested in what's the difference between the book and the movie um the shining and dr sleep we can talk i can talk about it briefly together because i've uh listened to the audiobook for both and i've watched both now the main differences are um, in The Shining, Tony, <laughs> and this is one of the really confusing parts for me when I first watch it, like, what exactly is Tony? Uh-huh. Is it the, something possessing Danny, or is it Danny's subconscious? Or whatever? It was my Anyways, impression, just from watching the movie, that it was that it was the shine within Danny. Yeah. In the book, it's much more specific. Tony is an actual 
spirit that communicates with Danny. Oh. So it's it's an imaginary friend that is apart from Danny, and Danny can see and talk with, and yeah. that's that's how it works. Okay. And then the in the movie, it's like what. It's Danny talking in a different voice, and it's like he's make-believing. It's like he's doing a puppet show. It's like he's fucked up to begin with. So you're not... It's not It's not detached from Danny at all. Right. It is Danny. So it's somehow integrated into Danny, but really, it's supposed to be his imaginary friend that's actually a ghost. Um, another one, this is, a, this is probably a, a good choice on Stanley Kubrick's part. A big part in the novel was these hedge animals. There was no hedge maze, but there was these hedge animals out in the front. And uh, the hedge animals attacked. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> like, and it was oh sweetie. <laughs> the 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 biggest part of menace was these hedge animals. Well, it was really creepy in the book. Like, it was used to great effect in that they'd be like, "That did that hedge animal just move? Did it <laughs> did it just start looking at me?" <laughs> like, Are you talking about like topiaries or yeah, like bushes? Or? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm sorry, topiaries. We just, oh, she brother. just she just listened to Doctor Sleep and she put me on blast for calling her out for saying uh, Ewan's name Ewan and uh Ewan. And her audiobook. Um Ewing is what he prefers to be called. Yeah. She's she's, she's so giving upset. me the stick. <laughs> it's okay, it's not your fault. You and your fucking being, buddies. It's not your fault enough. being Scottish and Norwegian, mm-hmm. us Welsh and Irish and British, like we know what's up. Hey, yeah, I am right. Welsh. You're, you're I am Welsh, and Irish, you're... Scottish, English. I'm all that, and I just say yeah. Ewing. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're in that you're you're snooty and uh, <laughs> and uh, condescending. And, A uh, spot of tea for the missus. Fresh to drink, governor. <laughs> That's Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, oh. oh, I got I got nothing. Um, <laughs> The the other change is, we've already explained, the hotel burns at the end of the book, The Shining, which is difficult because in Dr. Sleep, the movie, you have to adapt a source where the hotel doesn't exist. Well, it, so yeah. they, they, the hotel still exists in the movie, Dr. Sleep. Um, and then the other main difference is Dick Halloran survives in the book oh. and in the movie, he's he's murdered. So if you're if you're Mike Flanagan adapting dr sleep and dr sleep the book exists in a world that dick halloran is still alive and mentoring danny and the overlook hotel is no longer exists right <laughs> it gives you some interesting but i i thought they dealt with it really yeah, well they, i mean it, it, you would not be able to uh notice that anything was out of place the way he handled dick halloran and and the and the hotel and i think the hotel in Doctor Sleep was very satisfying in the ending, and basically, if you if you know the books, you see that the ending of Doctor Sleep, the movie, is basically the same as the end of The Shining, the book. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not it, it, being left with The Shining, uh, Kubrick's Shining, uh, and, and then having to do Doctor a Doctor Sleep movie would not be terribly hard because they did leave the hotel intact, and so now you can just have an intact hotel to go right. to and be spooked out in, and then and then blow up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's enough about the books and the movies. Um, Jack Nicholson is a hundred percent Jack Nicholson in this movie. <laughs> He's like full, full Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah. Makes it it's so glorious. much creepier. 
I know, right? I really, I really love. Oh, I was going to share this later, is, but I'll, I'm, I'll jump the gun and just share this clip about. Um, this is what Ari asked. Ari Aster says about The Shining, which is an interesting take. He 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 mentioned specifically about Jack the character too, which I agree with. As far as atmosphere is concerned, like The Shining was, you know, was a big one. Although I kind of, I, I think The Shining is almost more of a, it, it works almost for me more as a comedy than it does a horror film. Yeah. What's up, Doc? Because you got Jack Nicholson and he's like crazy from the beginning before they even get up to the hotel, like he's ready to kill his family well before he even gets the job. You've always been the caretaker. And then you have like the, the title slamming in for like Monday and it's like Wednesday. <laughs> He's, he's gone totally insane, like, three days in. It was important to me to sort of sustain this doom-laden tone where you know something awful is coming. So, yeah, he, he is wrong. It does not happen in three days, but, yeah, it's... Right. In the movie, it jumps forward a month, and it's basically the same. And then Jack goes insane within, like, three days. Yeah. But well, I agree but- with him. Like, if you, if you watch Jack... On the car ride to the Overlook, he's basically like, I want to take this fucking car off the road. I'm going to kill everybody here. Yeah, he's... When you look at Jack Nicholson, you just always assume that he's insane and a psychopath (laughs) on the surface. Or at least just supremely sarcastic. Right. I Like, he gives off this... He gives off the vibe of, like, I get fucked every night. (laughs) You know? Like... (laughs) And twice on Sundays, and and it like just and it's 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 like ominous, you know. He's just uh, he's got the, it's like super straight Tom Cruise, you know. <laughs> what are you insinuating? I don't know. It's they both have this weird strong. I can't energy. think of anything more straight than Tom Cruise. Um, my apologies. Have you ever seen Risky Business? <laughs> So, um, Shelley Duvall is the weirdest proportioned human being ever. Hey, you be nice to poor Shelley. She's a sweet... Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello. Oh, I forgot she was here. Um, so... <laughs> Sorry, Shelley. Yeah, Shelley Duvall is... She's she's great in this. She's... <sighs> in terms of the character existing solely to look terrified, I can't think of anyone better than Shelley Duvall. And apparently, Kubrick borderline tortured her yeah he tortured her to get those reactions on the set of this movie to make her to basically give her ptsd yeah uh, um not cool there's there's a few shining moments in this no pun intended for me and one of them is shelly duvall when when um she's talking with the child psychiatrist um it's the pediatrician that comes to check on him pediatrician Mm. or whatever um so there's a there's just two moments that I can point to where humans act like human people in this movie. One is is Shelley Duvall talking to the pediatrician, and two is when Dick Halloran is talking to Danny. Yeah, when he's sitting with him with the ice cream. Those are and he's like, "Look, kid, what's up?" <laughs> those are the two most like resonant human moments where people act like normal people. Yeah, and then the rest of it's just like I don't understand like what they're feeling or what's going on internally with them well shelly um shelly is provide i would i would argue that that she has a lot of humanity when she's scared you know it's specifically when she like when she finds what he's been writing this whole time and it's just all all 
all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Uh, written a million different ways and then like in prose and then like in straight lines and stuff. And, she, and she's like, oh, yeah. shit. And then and then he starts coming at her and she's got the bat and she's backing up, snaking her way through that room. And she's like, I don't know. I'm just really confused. No, I mean, if you, <laughs> yes, if you if you want someone that's acting menacing and someone that's acting terrified, you will be completely satisfied with this movie. But um other than that, like I, yeah, I, I yeah, it's, yeah, it's no, a it's, weird. it's a standard Kubrick, uh, right tick. And for me, I do love some Kubrick movies. Like I'm not a huge fan where I'm just all up on Kubrick's dick for what everything are, that he does. What are your favorite ones? But my favorite ones are Clockwork Orange. Okay, is yeah. like fabulous, and his coldness works in that one. Yeah, it like absolutely works. Um, and then um, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, Full Metal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, I consider that like two movies, like the yeah, first, like, the first movie of full metal jacket right. is like 11 out of 10. What about you, Aaron? Do you, what do you, are you a fan of any, any Kubrick films? I've only seen the shining in 2001. And what do you think about 2001? I thought it was great. I yeah. really liked it. Well, I read the book too, so I understood what was happening and then I got this very nice visual presentation was of that, what I already read. Was that Arthur C. Clarke? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my reaction to 2001 was very similar to my reaction to The Shining. was like, it's slow and boring, and I don't understand, like, what the story is supposed to be telling right now. Yeah. You know, stuff happens. Yeah. And I see stuff happening, and it looks great, but I don't know why I should care. Like my family was big, were big Kubrick fans, and so and they were big um, uh, symphony fans, like symphonic music, uh, right. like old classic. And so, so by virtue of the fact that like a lot of his movies had some amazing tracks, we just end up watching them a lot. And so, two thousand one was like the most, fu- like another very formative movie for me, where I was like, oh my god, what is this? Well, it's interesting. Kubrick is very particular about everything like he's super particular and i don't know if you know this but he commissioned a composer to write an original soundtrack for 2001 which does exist like completely new music and what he did was he set the film to he like included tracks that i want the the uh score to sound like these pieces and so he includes blue danube, uh, blue danube. he includes like all of the music that's yeah. in the movie now right and gives it to the composer composer can kills he, it he, knocks he, it he kills it like does a full score and kubrick listens to it and he's like mm, i think i like the blue danube i think one. i just like the the songs that i pick better and so he uses that but you can sometimes you can see concerts of of the actual uh score that was Wow. Created for The Shining. That's so cool. Separate. Yeah, if you haven't watched Room 237, the... the the um, Yeah. The Room 237 is basically like the equivalent of 9-11 truthers. 
<laughs> talking about their obsession with The Shining. Yeah. Like, Kubrick has a master plan. Well, look at these cans in the if background. You can see the, the cans of Calumet in the background with the Indian head on it, the, the Native American head on it. Yeah. That stands for Western Expansion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Literally. That's literally like something that's said in that yeah. documentary. I watched about like 30 minutes of it. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, these people are crazy. It's, it's like three hours worth of talk about a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the music, we were going to talk about the music. The music in The Shining is a huge part of the impact of the movie. Right. One of the reasons why a lot of the moments work without the music and without the the score this movie would not be talked about yeah and i should say we haven't mentioned but when this came out it was a critical failure people didn't like it really and i don't think a lot of people that watched it early on liked it either because it was different from anything that was done before um hugely influential now but i mean it's really interesting to to hear about movies that weren't received well when it first was released and now is considered a masterpiece. And sometimes I agree with the original audience. I'm like, yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then you got Silent Night, Deadly Night that beat out Nightmare on Elm Street first week and then got pulled for being too obscene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the both me and Aaron have music degrees, bachelors in, in music and and a lot of the composers that are featured on the soundtrack for the shining are recognizable 20th century composers uh penderecki is featured in most of the the music which is if you think about a horror movie soundtrack it's going to sound like penderecki and he's like legit considered a classical composer of the 20th century like um academics and music professors like make students study his music and it sounds like a horror soundtrack like in your music history classes like the the string stings like the and the weird um kind of timpani sounds and i'm so interested ceramic bowl or the water bowl or whatever it is that they hit i'm so interested in these artists who choose to live their life in this fucking dark space. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, like, yeah, like, you'd actually like... You, you should listen to... I know you're not a huge symphony fan, but Penderecki, there's a... He did the Threnody, right? Or what was it? But, like, but artists like H.R. Geiger, who, you know, inspired... Did all the inspiration for Alien, and, and, these, and, and apparently Penderecki, who just lives in this... Uh, audio space of terror of just like oh my god this is so horrifying oh i need to introduce you to some mid-century 20th century classical music because it's like all the uh aleatoric and atonal stuff i think that'd be right up your alley i love i love like scott have you listened to any like scott walker's like solo career oh my god it's terrifying there's 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 pieces where it sound where it sounds like like wet meat dripping, and it's and what it is is it's him. He has a holding wet meat and it's dripping. If you, have, if you haven't seen Thirtieth Century Man, it's a, it's a um, documentary about about Scott Walker. He he died this year, and uh, and he for this for this set to make this sound he he got like this slab this half of a of a pig and he just was punching it. He just 
punching it next to a <laughs> nice uh, microphone. So one, the Penderecki piece that I really like is Threnody to the Victims of Hiroshima. Oof. Symphony number three. That's that's a really good one. That's Jesus, as you can imagine, yeah, haunting. Yeah. Um, some other composers that we found. There was uh, Bartok, Ligeti, Ligeti, and um, Ligeti split. <laughs> <laughs> and Berlioz, um, the producer of the dreaded Ligeti split. <laughs> Well, okay, so the very first thing you hear in The Shining is the DS Irae theme. Um, that dun, 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 dun. Yeah. That is old. That is centuries old, that theme. Wow. And That's like a chant, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a chant, and it's um, literally the day of, like, judgment. Damn. Yeah, so it's I mean, it's intended to frighten the masses and into submission. And um like Berlioz uses it to like um kind of evoke like satanic kind of dark things in his Dream of the Witch's Sabbath, like which if you haven't heard it, you you probably have heard at least part of it but that's like the beginning of the shining when they use the synthesized um kind of low brass low strings combination hmm. um yeah it's really effective because it's it kind of like an organ sound almost it well, yeah, sounds it's, synthesized from like an electric organ yeah. or something yeah. like that and it's um it for me it felt like just the sound of it the way it's de like designed makes me feel like I'm going through a tunnel. Like you're sweeping across this big lake with this helicopter shot, but the sound of the, like the quality of sound makes you feel like you're going through a tunnel. Yeah. And it mm -hmm. feels very narrow. And then like contrast that with seeing Dr. Sleep. And when they use that theme in Dr. Sleep, they're using um, low brass, like actual low brass and low strings, um, probably low woodwinds too, but they... They they also like filter it through like digital synthesizing whatever, but mm -hmm. it's but it feels way more epic, way more expansive, and so yeah, you it really packs feel, a bigger punch. Yeah, definitely. you feel like there's more at stake. There's there like there's something bigger happening. I know, in I Dr. know. In the, Sleep. Yeah, I know. In the trailer, like when they played DSE Ray, and it's the symphony, you're like, oh yeah, it's like oh. god damn, <laughs> yeah, you, your hackles rise, you know. But you brought up an interesting point, Aaron, which is um, there's a there's a contrast, a heavy contrast going on, right? You're in this big open space, and then and then the sound you're for you're, you, that's being forced upon you is is confining or constricting. That's a that is a, a this um, this contrast uh, Kubrick threw in through the whole movie like he wanted you to feel uneasy so yeah. he would throw in these very contrasting things or turn things around like uh, intentional um I intentional incontinuity mm -hmm. where where you know maybe he'd be riding his bike one way down the hall and then and then you cut to another shot from behind him but he's riding the same way down the hall like the the opposite way down the hall mm -hmm. so it would it can kind of mess with your head a little bit. Well, and, and it's a 
It's a big hotel, too. Yeah. And it feels big when they first go there, and it's full of lively people, and everyone's did, having fun. And did, did you know it's Timberline Lodge right here? It's right next to you. It's right nearby in the theater for Dr. Sleep. There's uh-huh. a bunch of people. Like, oh, that's Timberline. <laughs> yeah, the, the like wide shot is definitely Timberline Lodge, but then when they get closer shots of the entrance of the hotel, it's not. Mm. And, no, it's a different interior. It's and then, and then the interior is completely different. Yeah, um, interior is staged, uh, or it's some other hotel. I can't. Anyway, so I was, I, what I was saying was like the hotel is feels big in the beginning, but then as like the, it feels like the walls are kind of closing in as um, you realize what's happening in this hotel with like craziness yeah. happening, and then um, the fear just makes the feel like the walls are closing in even the ballroom scene like when he first walks in and he goes up to lloyd the bartender um like it's empty it feels big but then all of a sudden it's full of people and it feels like closed in and claustrophobic yeah and it's i think that's a good point you make about like the contrast the contrast contrast. so a couple more points to talk about um before I, I put this movie on blast even more. <laughs> it's a good conversation. Like, again, yeah. I, I, I I appreciate this movie. Uh, it's just not necessarily for my taste. Um, but the one thing that I super appreciate is the Torrance family sweater game is on point. Dude, I love yes. their sweaters. They all are just hardcore sweater fam. Yeah. I got to tell you. I got, sweater fam. I got to... I got to <laughs> I got this sweater and I will never like I'm there's it is one of a collection. It will be a collection now because damn, a wool sweater is just comfy all the time. It's just comfy cozy. It's the right temp. It lets enough wind through it that lets enough like, wind through that you're not you're not drowning in, in heat. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. David's wife gave him the dude's uh sweater yeah from the big lebowski i love it I, yeah. and at first it was really hard to wear it in public it was like i can't be that guy but now i don't give a shit yeah i'm fully that guy who will do that douchey thing and uh pendleton woolen mills is right from nearby. from yeah. the area which is the maker of the sweater and yeah man i wish i could <laughs> buy some of their stuff they've got wool blankets that are just world renowned and it's like three hundred dollars for like a little square yeah <laughs> like have fun with this blanket like Wrap a throw bl- like a throw blanket that will cover you know just your legs is the factory like is hiring bucks. right now i mean Ooh. maybe get an employee discount Ooh, nice um another one just an observation jack torrance is a huge asshole Oh, like yeah. a separate separate from being insane. So he yells at Wendy, don't disturb me when I'm writing. Can't you see that I'm working? And he chooses the most central, huge area in the hotel. He's got the choice of probably like 200 hotel rooms. At least. That if they don't have a desk, he can put a desk in there. It's a typewriter. He doesn't need power. Yeah. He can just sit there. And but no, he's got to have the gigantic central meeting room that is the hub of the entire hotel. Dude, he's he, this is this is why it doesn't. He, Jack Torrance in The Shining, the movie, does not need alcohol to be an alcoholic. <laughs> it's so it's so reminiscent of alcoholic behavior. It's just <laughs> it's just like oh yeah, that guy's in total dip dipshit. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so this this is here's some of my main questions um, and my my beefs with the movie. We've talked about a lot of them, but to me, I wrote this down as I was watching it again. This movie has no connective tissue, or to say it another way, the movie does a real bad job of answering why. So here's yeah. here's a couple questions that I have that I don't think the movie does a great job of answering, and it's it's stuff that's not unimportant not unimportant so uh things like what causes jack to go insane is it's not super clear in in the movie it is in the book right um what purpose did the ghost serve in the hotel to be spooky yeah uh what what do you mean what purpose what purpose do ghosts serve outside of a hotel to haunt people to revenge i mean specifically what's the connection between them and jack going insane yeah like there's it's like two separate things are happening at once. They're in a haunted hotel yeah. that's creepy, and there are ghosts that will attack Danny, apparently, but also Jack is going insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, no, there's no, like, explicit connection, and, and there is one in the original story. Right. Um, yeah, so if we listen to Kubrick and that it's, you know, internal, like, then why is Danny seeing him, and why are they attacking him? <laughs> like, if it's Jack, if Jack is the evil, like, well, why is... Because alcoholism is genetic, people. He's passed down the trait to his child. He's just a dry alcoholic. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think Kubrick would say it's it's internal either. I think he's just not. He's not concerned about the original character and story of of the of the Shining. Um, So what's the the other one we talked about? What's up with Tony? Is Danny possessed? Is it Danny subconscious? Um. The sexual stuff. What even is The Shining? Yeah. Why? Yeah. What is? Yeah. I mean, they explain that. They Kinda. explain like some people shine, some people don't. Yeah. Like the, you know how you can read people's mind and see the future. Well, some people can do that, and some people don't. So yeah, I thought that was enough of an explanation for The Shining, just for the movie, because it was just like, oh, it's a, it's a special thing. He's yeah. special, and he's special, and yeah, they're talking about being special. Right. And that. That works, but it also has no connection to what happens right. in the movie, though. Yeah, it's just like, here's what The Shining is. This is what the movie's named after. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just two special guys just having to talk over uh, some ice cream. Yeah, and if you want to know what The Shining is, watch Dr. Sleep, because it actually explains it. Yeah, I gotta say, Dr. Sleep is a, is a... Like, if you haven't listened to our episode about it, we just did it, and it was... My favorite blockbuster of the year. I yeah. think I had kind of a unique experience, because I, I saw... The Shining on Wednesday night, and then I saw Doctor Sleep on Wednesday, Friday night. Friday, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, <clears throat> so like having those, like I only had forty eight hours to digest. Yeah, The Shining. Yeah, and honestly, like I had seen a bunch of parodies, you know, sure bits and she clips. hasn't seen The Simpsons one yet. Oh wow! You're I think lucky. I have. You're like lucky. I think I have, but. I don't have as much of an encyclopedic knowledge of The Simpsons as you've you guys do. You've got the shinning, boy. <laughs> <laughs> got so, that shin of yours. So, like, the having having said that, like, I've only maybe seen, like, I'd say probably a quarter of the movie The Shining before I watched the whole thing. Hmm. Because there was a lot that surprised me. Uh-huh. Like, about the movie that was in the movie, because I and I'd never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like, the scene with the pediatrician. Uh-huh. And um like that's like the best backstory that the movie does. Yeah. It's like that's like all the backstory that we get. Yeah. And um 
and the what was the other thing? The oh, the fact that she's that Wendy is basically doing all the work in the hotel. Like Jack is like, yeah. I got this job because blah, blah, blah. And I have mouths to feed. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm like, there is no, like, there was no establishing shot of him doing any work whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's my contract. I'm like, dude, Wendy was checking the boiler room. She's like <laughs> fixing all the food for you. You're really keyed She's in working. on it. You're really keyed on it, in on this. Aaron. Yeah, because I mean, like, well, it's because it's Aaron's and, life. And pretty much. Jack's just like sitting there at his computer all day long. Hey, and wait, then he goes you, out and he's horror movies and he's like, with David. And he's like, shut up, Aaron. <laughs> it's like, I'm working. <laughs> don't disturb me when i'm working i chose the most central room in the house because i need to stretch out <laughs> i'm in here i need to focus on pulling porno clips okay <laughs> they um, have to sound just like horror movies um so the other questions are the sexual stuff in this movie like why oh. why is the it's it's sudden. It adds and, such an element of like spinning you around. It's like, whoa, whoa wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> I mean, that was that was great when when uh, Aaron saw the blowjob sequence. Yes. the first. That's that's the, is, that's the most confusing part in the whole movie. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. why is that dog giving that uh, butler a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, why is the dog on that man's lap? That was me in 1992. <laughs> You were the dog? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I was the one saying, oh. <laughs> uh, so, and Aaron made the point while we were watching it, that was probably a lot more shocking back in early 80s. You know, just having homosexuality on film. I guess you don't, I mean, it could have been a woman in the in the no, dog it was, suit. No, it was definitely a man. Yeah, no, no. Um, no, it was. Are you? Are you? I'm, Telling them that are you assigning them a gender? Uh, I don't presume to know what dogs he, he identify is, as, but he is a canine kin. But the, I mean that's that shot when that happens, like the first um, known evidence of furries. <laughs> probably not, but uh, like in twenty, watching it in twenty nineteen for the first time, I'm like, oh, <clears throat> so this is like. A rager like they're having a great party and people are breaking off into separate rooms and Ghost all sex. these ghosts mm -hmm. like are still keeping the party going yeah. you know 50 60 years later yeah um, and like and then i was thinking about it like man in in 1980 just the idea of showing any homosexuality on screen would be terrifying to lots of men, especially. Yeah, and no. that would that would just be like, <gasps> oh it, my gosh, it would just shining, add to the scariness of yeah. everything. Because homosexuality shine, is so scary. If The Shining was shot in 2019, it'd just be like, so two, two girl goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, just way too obvious. And no, it'd, be, like, it'd be just like two girls, one cup. Way too obtuse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just way too inappropriate and over the top instead of like the insinuation of sexuality. Uh -huh. It'd be like, full-blown yeah. ghost. I don't know. People are so desensitized to everything now. Like, I don't I don't know that there's any, like, sexual thing that they could do that would be shocking. It'd have to oh, be I'm violent. Oh, I'm sure there's a few. I know of a few. Yeah. It'd yeah. have to be violent. Just close Like, like the torture scene in... Yeah. <laughs> it'd have to, have to be like the torture scene in Dr. Sleep. Yeah. It'd have what to about be that guy? Shocking. What about that guy on the internet who freezes his poop and then puts it in condoms and uses... <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then uses well, it. Well, now to, I know that exists. And then uses it to pleasure himself. You're welcome. Yeah. And then um, the last two questions: Why does Dick come back? That's not really explained. It just uh, a well, bunch he's special. of. He's special. He's got oh, a special Halloran? connection with Danny. Why does Halloran come back? Yeah, yeah. Danny shouts at him with his head. Danny's like. Ah, and, one, oh, and Halloran's, right. Halloran's sitting there in in his bed with his two fro uh, porn ladies above <laughs> yeah. above his bed and above his TV, and he's like, "Oh shit, that little boy in trouble!" And then yeah. he, he's like, "He like he's the best." I love Halloran and Scatman Crothers yeah. so much in this movie. Yeah, he's he's a shining moment in the in the movie. He's, he's great. He's the funnest one to watch. Uh, well, I mean, I guess Jack. Is the funnest one. Yeah, watch. Jack's crazy. Um, the he's, last, he's just crazy. <laughs> the last question is, why is Jack in that photo at the end? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that implies that he was always here. Like, well, they he say was, that. I mean, they, they say that, but You've what does that actually mean? always been the caretaker. Right. Like, I, what does... It's, I it think feels it's like, like the one hotel of those... adding a tally mark to the... You know, like like here we oh. got another one, boys. You know, like I guess. See that that is like the the final image, and it feels like just that weird twist that's there to be a twist, but doesn't have any sense other than be like, yeah. Well, that means something. Is that <laughs> is that mentioned at all in the book? Like that he's been there previously or is that just something that kubrick added in or that he talked to that's definitely i mean the the photo is like from the 20s so it's not actually jack torrance the character so i don't know maybe i I, i'm not remembering maybe there was a photo with a guy that kind of looks at him so in the book it's really interesting that the descent into madness is very attached to jack's obsession with the hotel and that he discovers the history of the hotel he finds these documents in the basement about the history of the hotel and and it's got a bunch of shady connections with the mob and um like money laundering kind of stuff and he's like this is what i can write my book about and he he reaches out to the manager or the owner of the hotel and he's like i want to do my book on all the dirty laundry about the overlook hotel and they're like um no don't do that please don't do that and if you do that you will suffer consequences, basically. And so a lot of his rage comes from his reaction to that, to his reaction to the man, basically telling him what he can't do. And it expands out from there. And the his obsession with the hotel and the history um, really shows the power that the hotel has over him. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 kind of missing from the movie as well. Um, but the, the one part where it does kind of show the hotel as being an entity and a power of itself is the, is the, uh, uh, character of Grady, the butler, when he's talking to Jack in the bathroom and he's, he's basically pushing Jack to be like, well, you know, you got to do, yeah. you know, and, uh, Are that's definitely sure? the personification of the hotel itself. And then the other, like, uh, great side character. Hey, Alma, come on and waste your family and give you a beer. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right, because that, that butler was greedy, but when the when the hotel owner or manager or whatever was interviewing him talked about the murder, the Grady murder, like, yeah. Yeah. 
He was the he was the caretaker. Yeah. The so, so and then when he tells Jack, "You've always been the caretaker." Like, does that mean that Jack was like that, ten just, years previous? He murdered a that's family. Just, that's just Grady. He's just doing it. He's just fucking with your head. Man. <laughs> All right. It's too much. Too many it. twists. Yeah. Um, and then the other great uh, moment is the bartender. Um, what's his name? Lloyd. 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 Lloyd, the bartender, is, is great. He's got the greatest dead stare. Yeah. Um, and then the, the that's the other part that kind of tells you that the hotel is has a personality because when he specifically says, you know, it's on the house, yeah. is basically saying, like, this is the hotel giving yeah. you what you want. Your money's no good here. So, um, anything else that we want to talk about The Shining? Man, I uh, I really well. First of all, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's really a maze. I don't think there is a maze up at Timberline. No. Um. But I would really love to find one of these mazes and do. Man, it. that is a like a thirteen foot tall maze. It's That's a, amazing. Yeah, and it's all. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that would be a blast to do, first of all. And then second of all, um, I don't know. I, I love, I love, the more I watch this movie, like, every, okay. So I gotta, I gotta admit, there is a little, there's a small, not totally insubstantial part of me that kind of dreads every week having to watch another horror movie, especially when I've, <laughs> when I've already seen it. Uh-huh. But when I watched The Shining, you've seen it. The miniseries and part one and part two. Oh, Uh, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, so there's a part of me that's like, mm, I got to get kind of amped up to to do these things. And The Shining was like, I've seen this so many times, but I went back and, and I watched it and it was it was like I got so much more out of it this mm. this time. And so I don't know if you haven't seen The Shining in a while um, and you you are a fan, uh, then, you know check it out because man it's a great winter movie yeah it's a good time to watch it too since dr sleep's out like watch the shining and then go see dr sleep yeah it's very good companion pieces and and they're very complimentary the stories in two very different styles but very good and uh cubbert is my favorite director maybe of all time yeah yeah kudrick kubrack kubler okay um, so wow. final recommendations, <laughs> final recommendations, who should see this movie? Aaron, Everyone. You, yeah, yeah. Aaron, you go first. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not only is it, you know, a good horror movie, it's iconic. It's yeah. like part of the, you know, lexicon of film. Like yeah. you have to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a must see for anyone. It's. You, one of Kubrick's masterpieces. It's one of Jack Nicholson's absolute best performances ever. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, fantastic filmmaking. Um, you might not love it, but it's worth seeing, definitely. If you if you listen to horror movie talk regularly and, and you want to get, like, a good bead on, on my opinions... Uh, on like the things that I enjoy about horror horror films, this is like a masterclass in it. I th- this is so similar. Like I, 
it's been so interesting to do this podcast because I've I've realized so much about my own taste and how it differs from other people's. And like I enjoyed the killing of a sacred deer so much more, yeah. <laughs> so much more than you. Yeah. And it's because it's it's a Kubrick esque movie. Yeah, that's true. And well, it's interesting because we we have really similar tastes as well in mm-hmm. terms of like family based emotional yeah. horror. Like you love that too. I love it, but you love this. Yeah. Just as much. Just as much. I there and and this like um th- just in books, all stories, I love them to be cold and clinical and like detached and really there's something so mysterious about that to me that I don't know, just scratches my itches. Okay, so go see it. Go see Doctor Sleep 2 and let's move on to it came from social media. Yes, it came from social media. To fill the world with terror. To bring you unforgettable suspense. <coughs> what was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? So it came from social media is a portion of the podcast that we sometimes dedicate to going over some comments that we've gotten from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever they're coming in at us. And this is a very special, it came from social media, because I think we need to <laughs> maybe make some changes to the podcast going forward. Um, so Stephen, <laughs> Stephen M. on Facebook just recently. You skipped the first one. What's this? For- I know, oh. I know, I know, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that one. So Stephen M. on Facebook, I guess it's, yeah, a couple days ago, said, just discovered your podcast, only listened to two episodes so far, but really enjoying it, particularly the witch episode. It made me want to revisit a film I was totally underwhelmed by. Just one thing. Please stop burping into the mic. It's fucking disgusting. And as I was going, Amen, brother. as I was going through the YouTube, uh, there was a comment that I missed from a month ago from Isaiah H. I never, I never saw this. Yeah. either. he said, "Hot, hot tip" in capital letters. <laughs> if you didn't belch into the mic and slurp drinks like moronic man children, you might get some extra subscribers. Couldn't get past two episodes on Stitcher, and the app doesn't let me express my absolute disgust. Get your shit together. You make all horror movie fans look terrible. <laughs> Dude, that that person, Isaiah, you got some anger issues, buddy, and you and they're directionless, and you need to take them out on yourself. <laughs> so, uh, this is the level of, of vitriol that this has created. That he heard it, he found us on Stitcher, and he he wanted to tell us so bad that he had to <laughs> seek us out on another platform to leave a comment that could fully. Dis- describe his disgust and then way back going way back into olden times in april 10th uh dana c on facebook we love you dana yeah we love dana and she was the originator originator of this concern uh on facebook she says keep doing what you're doing maybe with less belching lol (laughs) this is from one of your female fans you do have them so moronic man children our our reaction to this request is like, some people like it, but I don't think anyone's ever commented that they do like it. No one <laughs> likes it. Um, let me, uh, well, I don't know. Let they me, tolerate let, it, let me think here. but let no me, one likes let me, it. Let me think here. What's the, hmm, what's the, what was the biggest terrestrial radio show ever? Yeah, but we're not what, Howard Stern. No, no, I'm, I know, but what was it? Oh, yeah, it was Howard Stern. 
what do they uh, what do they do all the time still? They've done it for thirty years. So I'm not saying I'm not saying they're wrong. They this is their taste. They don't enjoy it. And, and you know I, what? After after the other the other thing is the other thing this is, is the hill that David is going to die on. No, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. The other thing is I th- I think there 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 may be an aspect to this that is right. It may it may drive people away. Yeah, but I mean the other part is I mean if you listen to comments, you're going to li- have people telling you you're a moron a moronic man child for providing them with a free piece of something that they don't have to listen to yeah i mean it's it's uh it's hard not to get your feelings hurt when you are called a moronic man child when you're trying to provide a free service to people that try to put in a lot of effort that's just silly but um i think it's a very valid thing that i think early on it was i was more concerned about sounds like drinking like mouth sounds and like "Mm." coughing sure and belching into the microphone and i think you know maybe it's time that we make an effort to class up the place and not discuss our listeners um well, so we're gonna put a uh i'm gonna officially say we're gonna put a moratorium on belching on horror movie talk we need hey, to we need to be this is this is a partnership you can't just you can't just make it you can't just make i need i need to agree to the this. people so if you disagree with this moratorium, you have to reach out on on social media and tell us, like, we love the belching. Do not stop the belching. And you need to do you need to put up like an actual demonstration to show that it's worth keeping, because I don't think we deserve the the uh, privilege of belching into our listeners ears directly because we're not quite, I don't know, we're really close to the quality of Howard Stern's show, <laughs> but not quite there. So I don't, I think it's it's uh, perfectly rational to put a moratorium on belching on horror movie talk. We need to be more considerate and mature for our audience. So now let's play horror or porno. <laughs> <laughs> Horror porno is a game. <laughs> horror porno is a game where we play clips from horror movies and clips from pornos, and it's surprisingly hard to predict where they came from because there's lots of squelching sounds, screaming, yeah. passion. You know, um, it's it's really hard to suss them out. So we played this once on Ready or Not, and it was a real, real delight. We um, played it again on it, Chapter Two. Did we? Uh-huh, oh, yeah. yeah, we did do it twice. <laughs> um, anyways, so since I didn't go to the movie last night, I had an extra, you know, $10 that I was expecting to spend on a ticket, so I decided to get a to buy some some music for intro music. That's, I feel like it deserves it. That's a good intro, I gotta say. Can we just get the first five seconds of that one more time? <laughs> God 
Damn, that's a funky beat. Uh, slaps. <laughs> fucking slaps, bro. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so it, it goes without saying that if you're if you're sensitive to, um, you know, sexually explicit sounds or. If you don't have this on headphones or you're at work, maybe maybe turn off this one. But uh, how so we can play? Can I leave? Can I? No, you oh, have to participate. Um, David, can you keep score? Okay. So I will play a clip, and right. you have to tell me if it's from a horror movie or a porno. Right. And extra points if you can guess the title of either. <laughs> okay. Okay. Extra points if you can guess the title. Yep. So it's it's one point if you guess correctly on the genre, and then it's another point if you actually get the title. Yes, right, okay. right. Okay, first clip. Are you ready? And Aaron is playing too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Clip one. Okay, so was that a horror or porno, Aaron? I say horror. What makes you say that? The the screaming, the music. Yeah, sounds okay. like horror right. to me. All right. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't have a guess at the. I title. don't. I don't want to get any give anything away, David. I'm gonna say that did sound an awful lot like a horror movie, but there was a there was an inordinate amount of squelching. Mm-hmm. And kind of gagging. I'm telling you, it's hard. Like it, it could be, could be gagging. Could be knives going into bodies. You yeah, know? yeah, sure. There's a lot of it. There, no matter what, there was definitely some plunging involved. Right. Um, so I'm gonna say. I think I'm gonna say horror as well. Yeah. Okay. I, I get your rationale, but you're both wrong. Aww. That is a porno. That was Nightmare on Dyke Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. Um, okay. okay. I mean, Clip number it, two. That seems unlikely. Okay, David, horror or porno, and what's your rationale? I'm really going to have to go, uh, I think that's definitely a porno movie. Yeah, that's a porno. That was a, that sounded like a woman getting hammered. No, it sounded like a woman really, really faking that she was enjoying herself. I mean, regardless, she was getting hammered. Yeah, I mean, see, this this just shows you how hard this game, and that was actually oh, a no, horror come on. movie. That, what? Yeah, that was Scream. That was- <laughs> That was scream. That was scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I honestly can't say that I remember that part. Well, is there like an opera a, scene and scream that, was, that I don't remember? That was Drew Barrymore. That was oh. the opening scene. Um, wow, that was that was Drew Barrymore. Yeah, 
Okay. All right. All right. Clip, clip so number, clip number three. Tied for nothing. Anybody tied for nothing. Anybody's game. We've got we've got six and then a tiebreaker if we need it. So, okay. But you guys aren't doing that great. Uh, we'll see if we can turn it around on clip number three. Okay. <sighs> Take this seriously that's, for like five seconds, Aaron. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that Especially is, considering we just saw a squirrel that outside is the window. Such that is such a normal thing for me to hear. Because <laughs> like, uh, you watch a lot of horror movies, right? That's a that's Mostly. a porn. That's got to be a porn. Okay, David. Okay, now now the first thing that comes to mind is porn on this one for sure. Because like I said, it comes comes to my mind a lot, a lot. but um I, I i think if aaron and i keep guessing the same then then no one has a chance to bullhead right so right, right. i'm gonna go against my better judgment and say that's a horror movie but that's clearly a porno you think that's a porno oh, yeah. i I, under, I do I, th- I believe i think that same thing but it, so do you have a guess on the title either one of you on the title for the for that uh, yeah so you you're guessing porno so do you have a guess for the title i wouldn't even pretend okay that i could think of something um i guess that could be the the bride of chucky okay <laughs> all right so david gets one point it is a horror movie that is from the grudge <laughs> there it is yeah yeah no i yeah that's i mean that's that's the, those japanese horrors for you yeah okay clip four Aaron, you gotta catch up. I mean, he's he's gonna win it. Jesus, why is she doing that? Atomus is moving. Relax. Oh my God, stop doing that shit! It hurts, bitch. Oh, the bastard led us here. All right, horror or porno? Uh, I gotta say, it's definitely a horror movie. Okay, David? <sighs> she said it was tearing me apart. <laughs> I mean, it shows like a, how, how hard it is to choose, because I mean, it could work either way. There was a lot of male voices there as well. Mm-hmm. That's could, clearly a horror movie. You think that's a horror yeah, movie a for horror movie. sure? Yeah. Um. I think it may be a horror movie as well. I'm going to say... In fact, I'm going to hazard a guess. I'm going to say that was Silent Hill. Okay. Aaron, you got a guess for a title? Uh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know horror movies. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys are not close. It is a porno. Oh. That was from The Bear Bitch Project. <laughs> 
the Bear Bitch Project. Uh-huh. It just seems unlikely that they'd name a, a, a porno that. But I mean, I, you know what? That's actually not true. The, the, pornos get some fucking weird names. Yeah. Okay, this one is an easy one. This is a total gimme. If so you don't, far, I'm if you in don't, the lead. yeah, if you don't know what this is and the title of it, like, what are you doing here? Okay, all right. Aaron, uh, everyone, gonna, everyone let, knows this. Let you go first on this one because I'm, I'm a, I'm a co-host on a on a horror movie podcast, so this is going to be a hole in one for me. I feel like. Well, this is definitely a horror movie, mm. and I'm I'm pretty sure it's Psycho, but I've never actually seen Psycho. Mm. You've never seen Psycho? I've never seen Psycho. Well, iconic, that's the next one. Iconic score. Like, I mean, you can hear you can hear it in that in that clip. Re re re. It's. I mean, that's. As big or bigger than Jaws, you know, like the Jaws, dun 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 dun. That's even bigger. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm gonna also I'm gonna go with Aaron and say, yeah, this is That's psycho. Hun- this has got to be psycho. This is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. You know, it's I kind of played a trick on you guys. That that score is used in different places. Like oh. you hear it on Psycho, and it's also in Reanimator. I don't know oh. if you noticed that, but uh, yeah. But I still thought you guys would have got this. This is like a classic. It's the uh, Classic adaptation of Bram Stoker's classic Ejacula. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, th- you're that's telling a, that's me a horror a, movie. This is a porno. Yeah, that's like one of the most. Sorry, it's a, a porno movie. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the most famous pornos in Ejacula. Yeah, like seventies. I gotta see this. Have it's you- like Debbie Does Dallas, Deep Throat, and Ejacula. Ejacula, right next to that. Right. Have you seen Caligula? Uh huh. It's you have. Uh huh. Oh man! Wow! When did you see that? Oh yeah, maybe maybe it's the play on Caligula. I didn't think about that, but Ejacula. It's it's actually if you watch the movie, it's based on Caligula. Okay. Wow! Sorry guys, it's real Jeez. real close. I mean, how many? So uh, where 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 are you at? So you still got one. I got one point, and Aaron, Aaron, oh, man, I really thought you would have had it on Psycho. Yeah. I thought I had it on Psycho. Okay, so. Um, We'll we'll try one last time. Maybe Aaron can tie it. Okay. Uh, oh, Daddy. Oh, I need to come. I need to come on this car, please. I need to come. Oh, please, Daddy, please, Daddy, please. Oh, please, please, please. Come. Uh, 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 oh, fuck. Uh, 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 Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, uh, horror movie or porno? I, I got to say, that it's, this is definitely... I feel like I saw this yesterday. This is definitely a porno. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't need that level of uh, ex- detail right. experience. Okay. Well, okay, so for the sake of because I think I'm finally figuring out this game, uh-huh. yeah. um, I'm going to say it's a horror movie. Okay, do you have a guess as the to the title? Frozen 2? 
Frozen 2 isn't a horror movie, but uh, good guess. It is actually a Disney property. It is Hocus Pocus. Oh, damn. <laughs> you know, Hocus Pocus has, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Wait. I get a point. Yeah, yeah. Gets, you get, I get a, a point. point. Yeah. yeah, we're tied up. So that means we're, we're tied. So go ahead, Dave. But Hocus Pocus is commonly confused. Right. I mean, it, when you just separate out the audio. With you, when you have the visual. Oh, and by the way, did anybody else get in on the pre, pre-order for Disney Plus? Uh-uh. That's a good segue. Hocus Pocus is going to be on there. Yeah. And, oh, good. Maybe and it comes out in, comes out in two it. days. So, yeah. 70 bucks. 70 bucks gets you a year subscription and like... And then you're grandfathered into that that plan. So, Hocus Pocus, super hard to tell whether that's when it's just audio. If it's I don't remember that scene from the movie. I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, again. you have to watch it again. Like Sarah Jessica Parker had a lot of interest, and I mean, you know, oh, Bette yeah. Midler's she's yeah she's a demon in the sack. I mean, um <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So we need a tiebreaker. Luckily, we have this last clip. So clip number seven. Oh boy. <laughs> Lots of encouragement. Yeah, lots of, lots yeah, of encouragement. Take it. Get it in. Mm-hmm. Get it in. Yeah. <laughs> Horror movie or porno. Ugh. Wouldn't it be weird to, to like, be in... I mean, assuming, like... The, okay, I'm sorry. You go ahead and guess. It's a porno. You think that's a porno? Yeah. I think this is, <laughs> this is pretty clearly a behind-the-scenes clip. Of a horror movie, <laughs> what? Where they're where they're like they're practicing their lines and they're getting you know they're 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 having they're getting encouragement from from the other actors and actresses and like the lighting uh-huh. the right, lighting right, guy. Right, 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 right. So you're saying you're saying a horror movie? Yeah, I'm going to say a horror movie. <laughs> the guess, lighting I, guy? Well, no. I mean, if it's if it's a horror movie, it wouldn't be behind the scenes. It has to be like an actual horror or porno. So your your assumption doesn't. I just want to give you the the benefit okay, of that well information. Then, it's going to be I mean, the then, actual movie. Okay, then I'm going to say this is... Um, I'm going to say this is... I'm going to say The Ring? Um, you are correct that it's a horror movie. Oh, cool. So you got, you got me there, but it's actually from Poltergeist 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't remember. I'm th- still thinking about it. Do you recall which scene? It's the scene where all the ghosts are together and and they're yeah you know, fucking that that porn star <laughs> pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Now I remember that. Okay. So part. David pulls ahead. David wins horror or porno, which I guess shouldn't surprise anyone. He's an expert at both. And uh, thank you for playing, Aaron. Uh-huh. But you can hang your head in shame. You do not know I don't horror think, and or porno. I think I never want to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> to the no, 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 no. Hell no, no. To the no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show for today. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
um, please share the podcast with a friend. It's pretty much the only way we can keep growing and bring a higher quality show to you and, you know, take the time and effort that it and the real sacrifice that it takes to, to do the research for this show. And uh, remember to get on social media. Tell us you love those belches. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want them, stick around. Yeah, we're going to put a moratorium on them unless there's a public outrage about it. We'll see. I mean, you know, it depends. <laughs> uh, again, support the podcast by clicking through the button on the banner to Amazon Associates if you're going to buy anything from there. Check out our Patreon and check out the different tiers and the exclusive content you can get. Shutter, use HMT at checkout to get a 30-day free trial. Thank you so much to all our listeners and for the feedback, even the negative feedback. We we love it, and yeah. it's important to us to it hear is. it. Uh, we want to be better. We we truly do. We we don't want to be too salty, and we do want to change for the better. So yeah, continue reaching out to us, and thank you so much to our special guest Aaron Hansen for coming in and giving a unique perspective on The Shining and teaching us a little knowledge about music history thank as well. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> thank you for having me. And that is Horror Movie Talk. Bye-bye. Hey, play us out. Play us out with that horror porno uh, or <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> Bye. Bye.